Welcome to Wildlife Outdoors with your host, Russell and Jose. If you have a passion for conservation of the outdoors, or you're enjoying a calming hike in the mountains, an exhilarating kayak trip on the river, feeling a fish on the end of your line, cooking on an open flame in a primitive campsite, or stalking big game, just waiting for the perfect shot, you're in the right place. So put on your boots and polarized sunglasses and come along for the ride. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. We've got another spooky episode for you today. Uh, we got another guest that y'all haven't seen in a while. We've got Marco joining us again today, as well as Josh Martinez. So, um, I mean, we all got stories, and so we're just going to share some more scary stories as we're uh, getting closer and closer to Halloween. So, who wants to go first? I mentioned previously that Victor and I have a friend named Brian. And so I remember, um, so the first concert that I ever attended was Project Revolution in San Antonio. I had like Lincoln Park, um, My Chemical Romance, all that stuff. It was, it was a pretty legit show. I was in middle school, I think, when I attended my first concert and Brian went with me. And um, my cousin, Tori, and my sister invited us. So we went with them. And the plan was we're going to go there and then they were going to drop me off at... Um, at Brian's place and I was going to you know, chill, like spend the weekend there pretty much. And that was pretty common. Like I was, Victor and I were there like all the time. And, um, so on this particular night, so Brian's family was pretty well off and they had a pretty nice size house. Uh, it was a one story house, but it was, it was fairly large. And so when you entered through the front door, to your immediate, if I remember correctly, because this was years ago, but if you, if I remember correctly, at least how it was back then, you would have a like dining area to your immediate left. And then the first hallway on the right was a hallway with the majority of the bedrooms in the house. His was the first bedroom. And then his brother's was after that. And there was a, they shared like a, a bathroom. It was like a, like a community bathroom between the two rooms. Further down, you have his parents' room on the left. And at the very, very end, they have what's called the computer room. And it was just that. It's where they kept the computer. It was more of like an office, really. They had a big, nice desk, like fancy artwork and all that stuff. And um, and then if you continue, like from the from the main entryway, the main doorway, if you continue walking forward, there's like a little bar area to your right. And then like the big living space, they called the den. And so they had like couches, they had the big TV, whatever. And then if you walked or like through the den and the first door would lead you into the kitchen slash um, like other dining room. And then to your right would be a hallway that led to the washroom and then the garage. So I have have to set this up because I want to, I guess, paint a picture of what that lay of the house was like whenever stuff went down. So literally the night of the concert, my sister and my cousin dropped me off at his house. So we, we walked through the door and his parents were gone a lot. So I don't I don't think anybody was home this day except for uh, the caretaker. His brother had like a like a caretaker, so to speak. And so she had her own room. And um, so we walked in through the door and then we went to his room to put our stuff up. We had like t-shirts and everything we bought from uh, from the concert. And so we're going to go watch TV in the living room or the den. And so he told me if, or he asked me if I could turn on the lights. So yeah, man, no problem. So I'm like, and it was pitch black. It's, I mean, I already probably two, three in the morning. It's pitch black and I'm trying to find the lights, but I 
don't like I can't like my my hand is like going all over the wall. I can't find them. And then we just hear a boom on the other side of the wall, like where the dining room would be when you enter the door to the left. And we just kind of stand there, and I, and I was like, Brian, did you hear that? He's like, you shut up, dude. So we kind of sat there in the dark, and then we heard it again, boom. And we just lost our shit, man. We ran to that. We ran to his room. We locked the door, and we were trying to figure out what to do. Should we call nine one one? Like, is there somebody inside? And so he said, "Screw that!" Because what if there's no one inside, right? Then we're gonna get in trouble, whatever. So he was really big in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, all that stuff. And so he had a collection of like knives and everything. So we each grabbed one, and then well, like we came up with the grand plan of running out there and turning on every light we could as fast as we can. So we're running through the dark. I didn't even realize this. We're running through the dark with knives in our hands, just like flipping switches and everything. And so we did that, and we started like walking through the house. We checked everything, couldn't find anything. And um, they didn't have any like security cameras or anything like that. So we didn't really like go into the yard. But so we checked, make sure everything was locked. We made sure nobody was in the house who wasn't supposed to be in the house. And once we felt comfortable, we just started watching TV and kind of forgot about it. And went to bed. So that night, I'm sorry, the next night, it's kind of the same deal. Like we, you know, his house is pretty nice and, and we always had fun. And then we'd do like airsoft. We'd go and like roam the neighborhood and play with some of the other kids. Um, we'd go swimming a lot, play basketball, whatever. So during the day, we just kind of had fun. At night, we just kind of chill out, watch TV, whatever. And so at the time, he was talking to some chick. And uh, so he was like calling her on the phone. And while he was doing his thing, I was like watching TV. And I ended up falling asleep on the couch. And I woke up because I can feel him shaking me. And he's like, dude, we got to go. I was like, what do you mean? What's going on? He goes, dude, I, I, think, I, I think I saw something. I was like, no, nah, let's just go. I don't want to hear this shit. So <laughs> we ended up going back to his room. And, uh, and so when I, when and we locked the door and all that stuff and, and uh, I was like, so what's going on, man? Like, what happened? He's like, dude, so I was there talking to this girl and I had a feeling like something was looking at me. So I just turned around and in the doorway, I see this like little black shadow and it's just standing there and I look at it and I look at it and it's looking at me and it has like these green eyes and then it just smiles and there's like these razor sharp teeth and he goes dude I just like and it just took off it just it just like disappeared into into the darkness of, of the house and I was like yeah man it's I, I, I gotta call my mom I ain't staying here bro sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh but he convinced me to stay and and so nothing really happened that night and so going like forward that wasn't. I thought that was the first encounter, but as I was, as I was telling the story, it reminded me of the real first thing that happened. And uh, so, kind of like me, he had bunk beds in his house, <laughs> and I would sleep. And I would sleep on the top bunk. He would sleep on the bottom bunk. And I remember we were trying to go to bed, and dude, I could hear something running up and down the hallway. And when it would come to his, when it would get to his door, you could hear the the uh, the doorknob jiggle. And you would just mm-hmm. hear that, and it would just take off running. You hear the footsteps like, and then it would come back, and it would shake the doorknob. And it was like that all night long. I was just like, dude, there's no way. I think it's just probably the house. So we were trying to find some way to rationalize what I was hearing. But it didn't make any sense. Like, why would there not be any noise elsewhere in the house? It's just the hallway, but whatever. And so I, the next morning, we wake up, and we go into the kitchen. And their kitchen had like like an island where... 
typically the food would be and then they have like a little tiny square tv in the corner we would just sit there and watch tv and, and eat our breakfast and whatever and uh and so we were there and uh we were kind of quiet and i i think it was i think i finally told him, i was like dude you're probably gonna think i'm crazy but you know this is what i heard last night and i told him he looked at me he was dude i thought i was the only one hearing that and so that kind of led to a spiral of like trying to do like trying to figure out what was going on. And so he ended up getting like some video cameras and everything. And, um, he would, he set one out in his, in his backyard and they had like these motion detecting lights. And he said that in one of the videos, the lights kind of came on and just on the perimeter of, of the light where I guess the light meets the dark. So you could see something like walking around, but, it never quite came into the light. He just he just saw it walking, and then um, he tried to show somebody the footage, and it was like already deleted, and the the whole file was corrupt. The thing was pretty much screwed at that point, and um, it was just wild, man. We told his parents, we nobody really really took it serious or anything, and but I mean, it was that house was like there was there was something going on, and apparently he he did some research, and so if I remember the details correctly, back in the day, that area not that house but that air general area like where the neighborhood was built there was like a um infirmary for i forget which war i can't remember but they would i think it was just like when they're when the the settlers were trying to fight the the indians and whatnot so they had like this infirmary and they would house sick and injured soldiers <clears throat> well a lot of people ended up dying and they'd built like bulldozing the place and so this neighborhood was more or less built upon that general like area and his house specifically is like so when you drive through this neighborhood his is on top of like this hill it's the first house and it's it's like almost a center of the of the uh, the neighborhood and um that he thinks is probably where that thing was built and so he thinks that's why it's you know kind of i cursed if you will I, I don't know but yeah man it was like every time that we went to his house just crazy stuff happened and it was weird too because i it was, yeah like after that first incident it's it's like i never there was i don't remember many times going over after that and not having some weird shit happen yeah it was just constant it was crazy i was gonna say you remember going down to the creek um that was bound by his house a little bit and yeah. that old man coming around that tree stump and telling us we needed to get out of there. And I don't think I was with you after that. I don't remember that. All right. Well, I thought you were. So we, <laughs> we had the BB guns. We took the four-wheeler out, and uh, we were messing around, right? Uh, we go down to this creek bed, and um, there's fences, but we really don't care. We hop them, whatever. They're broken down, old bob wire, so we don't really know if it's someone's property or not. But we're just going to go explore, try to shoot some rabbits or something because we wanted to skin them um, and I don't know I guess eat them we were dumb kids so <laughs> we're walking around with these uh, BB guns or pellet guns right and uh, out of nowhere like you hear birds chirping and all that stuff so then it gets dead quiet and um, this old man like just walks like there's a tree like in the middle of this creek bed that we're in and it's dead and it's like broken halfway like it's taller than any of us and it's taller than a, a I guess grown man where it's broken I guess like six foot you know anyways 
this old man walks out from behind it wearing like coveralls or whatever and tells us we need to get out of here it's not safe and so we're like yes sir we're sorry he's like no you're fine just be careful getting home so we end up getting back to his um house afterwards right we're like that's weird and turns out that they had uh mountain lions there and they had just shot one that was pretty close to us and we would have been right there with it um so yeah i don't know as someone looking out for us i guess but that happened to us so Dude, that that's weird. freaking awesome i've always wanted to try mountain yeah. lion that, that'll be that'll be <laughs> hear my, i'm gonna do soon yeah. i hear mountain lion tastes pretty good yeah I want to try it. I don't know what they did with it, but like the ranchers on that property ended up killing that yeah. uh, mountain lion or whatever, that cougar. But, Dude, they're yeah. around. We actually, Russ and I had a friend on from high school. He was selling where he lives. Um, like the ranch across the way has spotted him for pretty much uh, pretty consistently, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen yeah. a few of them. I've seen them out in the hill country, um, you know, Wimberley area. And isn't that where Brian's house was on the way, on the way to Wimberley, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was like butted up to Ruby Ranch, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Yeah. What was that? Off nine six seven. Yeah. 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 I know that they're out there in the hill country, but yeah, dude, when you're uh, telling the layout of the house and and uh, talking about the little creature over there, it reminded me of. Uh, so, did you or Vic? Did y'all ever go to my house when I lived in the trails? And Kyle? I don't. I don't. Uh, I think I did. He did. So I don't think I did. My room was at the front of the house, right? It was the, yeah. the front left side of the house. If you're looking at the house and, uh, I lived by myself. And so my mom's ex-boyfriend who I consider, you know, like a dad to me, he, um, he owned the house, but he worked on the road. And so when I was in high school, I just lived there by myself. And, um, I, ne- I never really had too many like scary things happen there. Like, I mean, I was, you know, 14 or whatever, when I started living there by myself and it was, you know, just, as, as a young adult, I guess is kind of how I saw myself. You get scared sometimes, you know, cause there's nobody else there. Um, but there was a few times that I would walk in. I'm like, something just doesn't seem right. And, um, I used to date this girl as my high school girlfriend and, and I'd go over to her mom's house, um, a lot and I'd cook them dinner and we just kind of hang out like a few times a week. And, um, I came home one day and it looked like my bedroom light was on when I pulled up to the house. But by the time I got out, like the light was off and I was like, Oh, maybe it was reflection of the street light or, you know, maybe it was my headlights or something. And so I lock my truck, walk inside. And the second that I walk in the door, I just feel like goosebumps. It feels cold in there. And I was like, what the hell is going on? Like something just did not seem right. And so I was already on edge as it was. And so I was like, whatever. So I went and I took a shower and, you know, got ready for bed and was getting ready for school the next day and all that. And when like everything in my room was... Like I took, I, I'm OCD and I would take a tape measure to everything. My bed was symmetrical on the wall it was on. My dresser was symmetrical on the wall it was on. I had a mirror that was on top of the dresser and it was symmetrical. I had like cologne bottles symmetrical in the middle of it. Like everything was like measured to a T. And I would recognize, like if somebody was in my room and moved something, I would recognize it. And so nothing was ever moved from where it was. It had its spot and it was always in that spot. And so I walked in and I was looking, I was like, something doesn't seem right. And I'm looking and everything seems to be in place, but I still just had that feeling like something was not right. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So I turned the TV on and I'm just, you know, watch TV, getting ready to go to bed. And I lay down and have y'all ever had sleep paralysis? Yeah. So I'm in bed, I'm asleep and I just, I wake up 
but I'm not awake. So I'm like in, in my head thinking like I'm, I'm a realist. I, I try to justify everything. Everything has a reason. And so I'm trying to find out like what is going on? Why can't I move? Like, am I awake? No, I just have to be dreaming. And so I'm just laying there and I have my blankets up to my chin and I'm just laying there and I cannot move. And I'm just like, what's going on? And then I start hearing noises like footsteps coming in. And I had a cat at the time. His name was CB. And I was like, CB, come on, like waiting for him to get in the bed. And I'm just laying there and I can't move. And I'm like trying to talk. And I'm like, CB, like, come on. And I just, I can't talk like my mouth. I feel like I'm moving my mouth, but I cannot speak. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized that I feel my cat on the right side. Like, Cause my bed was against the wall. I felt the cat between me and the wall. And I'm like, so what the hell do I hear to the left? And I'm just like, I, I can't look and see, and I just can't move. And then I just start like seeing like a shadow and it's completely pitch black. Like I had blackout curtains in my room and everything. And so there was a street light across the, across the road and it would come out on the very top of my curtains. And so I could see a little bit of light and I just saw a shadow come in front of where that little bit of light is. And then I just feel something like on my chest and I'm like trying to scream, trying to scream and like my heart's racing. I'm sweating and I just cannot scream and I cannot move. And then I just see this random like darkness just completely covered from where I would normally see a little bit of light on the ceiling. And I was freaking the fuck out. And so I finally come to and I wake up and I scream. Like the first thing I do is scream. My cat freaks out, runs out of the room. And I'm just like hyperventilating. I'm breathing so hard. I can't freaking like just calm down. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And so I sit there, I turn all the lights on, turn the kitchen light on, turn the hall light on. I turn my bedroom light on, turn the bath, like everything's on. I'm just sitting in a fully lit house like I'm checking everything, checking all the doors, checking all the windows, just making sure like everything's locked and I have like no clue what it was. And I'm like, okay, it was just a bad dream. So I've calmed down a couple hours later, like that was probably at like 10, 11 o'clock. And um, I was like, okay. So I finally calmed down probably about one, two o'clock in the morning. And I was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to go back to bed. So I go back to bed. I lay down. I'm still kind of uneasy. I go and get the cat. I shut my bedroom door. Normally, I slept with the door open. I shut the bedroom door, have my cat in there, and I'm just like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. Well, then I go to bed, and I fall asleep, and and I fall asleep fairly quick, um, and I'm laying there, and the next thing that I remember, I just feel something slam on my legs, and I wake up, and I freak out, and I turn the light on, and there's glass everywhere, like shattered over my entire room. The mirror that was on top of my dresser, keep in mind, if the mirror were to fall, I had about four feet from my dresser to the end of my bed. And it was on the top of my dresser against the wall. The mirror was on top of me. Glass shattered everywhere. The wood shattered everywhere. And so I jump out of the bed and I stand on the bed like ready to fight, like wondering what the fuck is going on because there's no way that mirror like falls and lands on me. Somehow the mirror was on me shattered, completely shattered. And I'm freaking out. I'm hysterical. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what to do. Like, you know, obviously the guy that I call my dad, I think he was probably like in Wisconsin or something like that. He, he was a, a long haul truck driver. So he wasn't even in the state. And I'm like, I don't even know what to call. I don't know what to do. And I was just freaking the fuck out. And that feeling did not leave that house for probably about three or four days. I could not sleep. Like even now, like I'm just shaking, talking about it because it shook me up so much. Even to this day, I still have no clue what the hell happened and how that mirror ended up on me. <laughs> But scared the living shit out of me. <clears throat> That's some crazy shit, dude. Yeah. That reminds me of a story that happened to my niece. I don't know if I told you this one. So my aunt used to live in a house next to my grandparents. They moved a couple years back. 
And um, when my, well, she's my cousin technically, but I call her my niece. When she was a baby, I mean, like a baby, she had her, she had like her own little room, and they had the uh, the little crib and everything for her. And my aunt would sleep with the door open, just in case, you know, she needed like she couldn't hear her crying or whatever the case was. So she would sleep with the door open, and all that stuff. And they would keep like um, those big boxes of diapers underneath the the crib. And so the only people in that house should have been my aunt, her husband, and my niece. And so one night, she was saying that she woke up because she heard my cousin or my niece crying. And so she goes to go check on her, and she sees this big box of diapers on top of her. And she's like, what the hell? And her husband was asleep in the bed next to her. And so it couldn't have been him. And so at some point in the night, something picked up this box and put it on top of my, on top of my niece, dude. And so she woke up crying, and my niece and my my aunt grabbed her. She never really felt comfortable in that house. And sometimes, and as they got older, but they stayed there. And as they got older, they would um, have sleepovers with like my nephew and uh, my other niece and stuff like that. And one of them, I don't know if she has like that ability to see and talk to things. And I say that because well, there's a few instances, and this is where it kind of starts. So she. My aunt woke up one night because she heard that particular niece talking to somebody and like laughing and giggling and everything. And she just thought that it was, you know, my nephew or her daughter or something like that. So she didn't really pay much attention to to it. So the next morning they're having, she's making breakfast and everything. And, uh, she asked her, she's like, so who were you talking to last night? She's like, Oh, I was talking to the man. She's like, the man. She's like, yeah, the man, the man comes to visit me at night and we talk and stuff. And, uh, my aunt got kind of kind of creeped out by that, you know? And so they all go home and everything. And then a couple weeks go by, they're going to have a sleepover again. And that niece didn't want to go. And so they asked her, like, how much want to go? She goes, because every time I go over, the man doesn't let me sleep. He always wants to talk to me. And uh, we're like, what the hell, dude? Like, who is that? And so my grandma would go over and, like, bless the house and stuff and, um, and whenever she did that, like everything would kind of calm down and, and everything would be good. And then fast forward, I, and I just found this out not too long ago. So that niece, like she's way older now. This was literally years ago when they were kids. She's, I mean, yeah, she's, she's, she's much older now, but she doesn't speak a lick of Spanish. Okay. Nothing. And she would tell my aunt, they moved to a different house in a, in a different part of Kyle. And so she would tell my aunt that someone comes to visit her, visits her and tells her like bad things. And she's like, well, what kind of bad things? And she wrote down, dude, in perfect Spanish, what the thing was telling her. Like she don't even know how to read or write in Spanish, but she was able to turn to write in Spanish what this thing was telling her. And so they're what just like, saying? what? I don't. I can't remember, man. It was uh, something about my uncle. My uncle having like, I guess my uncle's had a dark past to some degree, but that thing knows about it. And so he was. She was telling my niece about some of the stuff that he had done or whatever. And there. And then that's the other thing too. That's creepy. She's like, there's no way that she would have known any of that stuff. But whatever. I don't know if like, I don't know if he did any like dark magic stuff or whatever. But. I have something that's like attached to him or following him or anything, but man, it's, it's, she somehow knows things she shouldn't know. And 
at that point in time was able to write in Spanish, which she shouldn't know how to write, read or write or even talking. Freaking nuts, man. That's freaking crazy, man. Ugh, creepy shit. I think I think this one's gonna go go out for you, Joe. Um, <laughs> Russell and I talked about it earlier, and I heard you have never seen the movie The Exorcist. Ah, oh, damn it! No, I haven't. I refuse to watch <laughs> that one, man. <laughs> I don't blame you. I, I, I um, it. I, I watched it when I was fourteen. We we're at a we we're at a little party with some friends, and uh, they would. It, it was. Uh, I mean, I still keep in contact with them. Um, it's two sisters. They always threw the best parties. They would, you know, bring, bring a bunch of friends over. We'd all spend the night. It was cool, man. Um, they had like a Halloween themed party one time, and we we're watching The Exorcist. And I walk in the living room, and I'm like, "What are you guys watching? What is this?" And um, one of the scenes triggered off a memory from when I was two, almost two, maybe three. And uh, that's the story I'm going to tell y'all. So um, when I was around two or three. Uh, my brother wasn't born yet. My uh, the house that we lived in was in San Juan, down in the valley, and um, to this day we still own that property. We rent it out, and uh, the house we lived in at the time there was a, a bedroom in the back, and right across the hallway was a restroom. And uh, between the restroom and the bedroom, there was a door leading to the backyard, and it was a screen door before. Um, we're talking about 91. Uh, my mom was outside hanging up laundry, doing laundry. And um, I was a baby and I'm walking and I can I can remember like it was yesterday. But I'm looking through the screen door and I can see my mom. And you know how like one of the things that always triggers it off is when you see a screen, like even a screen on a window and you kind of move your head, you can see better, right? But as soon as you stop, it's like, you know, everything's like pixelated. I remember doing that as a baby. I was like, oh, man, that looks cool, you know? At least that was a thought I think I had. And um, I look over to the left, and that bedroom's there. And we had this big bed with wooden posts. The whole bed frame was, was just wood, this heavy wood. And that bed was shaking. I mean, like, radically, man. Just like, like, like an earthquake. And uh, I can remember what I thought. Like I, I remember walking to it and looking under, and I'm like, "What the hell? Like, what's doing it?" You know, I was, I was just curious. I wasn't scared or anything like that. And this bed was bare; it had no sheets. My mom was doing all the laundry; she had the sheets outside, so it was just literally a mattress, a box spring, and I think one more like thin piece of layer over the mattress. And that, I mean, the whole frame was just doing this number, you know, and. Um, you know, years passed. I never thought about that memory again, but then I watched The Exorcist and a scene that stuck out was the girl's laying in the bed and the the, she, the mom hears a scream. She runs upstairs. She opens the door and that bed is doing that. And dude, I shit you not, when I opened that, you know, that memory, that door to that memory with that scene, I was just like, what the fuck? I'm like sitting there just staring at the screen. And the way people described it to me, they were like, dude, you weren't staring, like, you weren't, you were, like, looking through the TV. They're like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, that happened to me. And they're like, what? And I'm like, that, hap- that happened to me. Like, I remember it. Like, it just, it, it set off the memory. And, dude, to this day, I mean, we still own that property. The house has, uh, it's been demolished, and they built a new house there. But uh, one summer, I went down, Denise and I were together. We went down and my grandfather asked me to come out and help him with something there. So Denise and I went down there 
and we're pretty at the time we were kind of renovating around there still the same frame of the house we're sitting in that freaking room at a table having lunch and dude the whole time i'm just getting the chills and i'm telling denise like this is where it happened you know it's it, it's nuts man it's like i remember it it was like i swear it's just like yesterday yeah, that memory's always going to be there, man. And, you know, it's not something I always think about. I don't even think I've talked to my mom. I think I told Russell that earlier. I don't even think I've talked to my mom about it but because I'm not constantly thinking about it. But I know I saw his post earlier or the other day, and I was like, i got to say this, man. It's crazy. But um, I think the Valley just has bad negative. I mean, it's just like bad energy down there. When I used to live down there, I mean, I always heard of crazy stuff happening. My grandma's house, she lives in Edinburgh. Um I lived down there in 2010, 2009 to 2010 for about a year, and the bedroom I slept in, I would feel, man, I thought I thought I was just dreaming, but I would feel at night like my feet are sticking up because I lay on my back, and I could feel somebody doing this to my foot, right? And I never made a big deal about it because I'm like, man, I'm dreaming or I'm twitching. That was my thought. And then one morning I tell my aunt, she came over, we're having breakfast, reading about a club tacos, and I'm like, dude, I swear I keep feeling somebody fidgeting my feet, you know? And, dude, she just goes pale, and she's like, my little cousin Ashley used to sleep in that room when they lived there. So she's like, Ashley told me the same thing two years ago. And I was like, well, like, all right, I don't know. Damn, dude. Like, what do you do with that, you know? So I was right. like, and she's like, I thought she was lying, making things up. And I'm like, I should you not. I feel it. Like, every once in a while, I'm just laying there, and it's like, you just feel it on your foot, you know? It's I would come home drunk from the bar, so, like, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm fidgeting. You know, I'm just twitching. No, man, it was something sums up down there, man. That whole area is just, I don't know, man. The valley gives me a weird vibe, but. Dude, uh, did you, so speaking of exorcism, um, Vic, you might know this. Kingsville, where we went to college, apparently had a little situation there at one point. Do you remember that, Vic? Yeah, I do. I thought it was bullshit, man. I thought it was. I thought it was just, you know, just a like an urban legend type thing. Whatever people say, people tell you know freshmen when they're incoming to kind of freak them out. And uh, but I would I would constantly hear like little things about it. People bring it up from time to time. And there was like when you walked to that particular dorm, there was one room. It looked kind of like I think it had like an X on it. Like I don't know if people lived there or anything, um, but it looked kind of sketchy. And then I ended up finding some. Uh, like a Christian, not really youth, like the young adult group, I guess. And uh, to me and my buddy would go from time to time. And we went one time during like the Halloween time frame. And so they started talking about that stuff and they brought up that specific instance. And I was like, oh, dang, okay. So if these people are talking about it, there might be some truth to it. I ended up meeting somebody who had a bit more, I guess, details about it because I think they knew somebody who was there when that happened or something. I can't remember. But essentially, if I'm missing any details, if anybody knows more, you know, I apologize. But this is just what I know. So apparently, back in the day when all this happened, this this was the type of dorm where you would there was just one room and two beds, right? You'd share, you know, the same room with someone else. So these two kids were in this room. And one of them, he's like, hey, man, if I start doing some weird stuff at night, you need to call my dad. And he gave him his dad's phone number. So the other guy's like, what the hell? You know, that's kind of weird. And so he didn't really think nothing of it. He just thought, you know, I was like, all right, well, I got a weird roommate. This is going to be a fun semester, you know? <laughs> and so, so he, uh, as, as legend goes, I suppose, as, as I've heard it, 
this kid is laying in his bed at night and then he wakes up because he, he like he just hears some shit going on and so he happens to look over at his friend or you know his roommate the one that gave him his dad's number that said that stuff and he sees this kid like floating right on his bed and he loses it man he runs in the hallway freaking out he calls the ra everybody's waking up and going to the like like looking to see what the commotion's on so they go to that room they're trying to get in but they can't get in like the door's just shut and they hear like all this stuff like all this noise coming from the room they finally get into the room and they see this kid like in the corner like rocking back and forth mumbling stuff they can't understand there's papers and everything's in disarray the beds are flipped there's like writing on the wall that looks like it's in blood just some crazy stuff so they locked it they like closed the door and they pretty much didn't like let anybody go near it and uh they ended up calling like a priest or something they come in they do their thing and um I don't know what happened to the kid, but from what I understand, that like nobody was to live in that dorm anymore. And I've heard since then that in that particular hallway, like any any dorm that's like close to that particular room, like weird stuff happens all the time. Like things go missing, they hear stuff, they see stuff, and actually that whole dorm, I forgot, dude, I forgot about this man. <laughs> so this is going to be kind of weird, but whatever, I don't care. Um, <laughs> So one day, I do. I totally forgot about this. So this one day, my buddy uh, Maddie Ice, he. When, this is like when I first met him. He lived in a different dorm, and uh, he called me, my buddy. He's like, well, he actually sent us a picture. We had a group chat. He sent us a picture. Somebody had left a bag of women's underwear at his door, and he's like, well, what the fuck. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And my buddy Zach's like, well, I got an idea. So he comes <laughs> over there <laughs> and, uh, he, and uh, he takes the bag. And so he gets paper clips and fishing line and he strung them up, going all the way down in the, in the dorm hall. So it's like, you know, women's twenties and shit hanging in the door, hanging in the, in the, uh, in the hallway. <laughs> and so he, I mean, he, I mean, we're, we're dumb kids. We thought that shit was hilarious. And one of the janitors came in and said, like, he's sending it up. He just looks, he kind of laughs and shakes his head. He goes, you guys got to take it down. We're like, all right, just let us get a picture first. We thought it was so funny, man. So he pulls out his phone and he takes a photo and we didn't think nothing of it, but he, he looks at the photo later on, dude, in the, in the bottom corner of that photo, you see a little black, like the, like the head and shoulder, like the silhouette of a head and shoulder of a black figure in the corner. And we're like, what the fuck, dude? Like, there's no way that could have been there because myself and the janitor, the only people in the hallway at the time was behind the camera when he took the photo. And this happened in the same dorm that all that stuff happened. The same, like, yeah, the same hall that all that stuff happened. We're like, dude, what the hell, man? And I've, yeah, I've heard from other people who lived in other parts of that dorm, like, stuff always happened, man. They hear, like, like scratching on the door, um, papers would go, like, stuff would just go missing, like, all kinds of crazy shit. Wow, that's nuts! I remember you telling me that story, uh, but I don't remember the black figure part. But I remember uh, you telling me the whole how everything went down and and uh, who's they ended up being and all that. That's pretty funny. But dude, I, I didn't I didn't know about yeah, the, so, the black figure. So a little fun fact. So okay, there. Yeah, let me just round this out and kind of lighten the mood. So fast forward many many years after the fact, literally, I think we're about to graduate, and so. My friend and I were having uh, lunch one day and, uh, 
you know, I'm going to keep her name private because the story is kind of embarrassing. But um, so it was, it was a girl. We we're having lunch one day and it was our senior year. Like we're literally about to graduate. And so we're just kind of like reminiscing, talking about stuff. And I told her about that particular instance. And she just, dude, she like straight up punches me like in the, in like in the chest. I was like, dude, what the hell was that about? And she goes, you asshole. That was my stuff. I was like, well, I didn't steal that. Like it was just at my friend's dorm. I was like, I, none of us stole that. So what the hell? And so she, she thinks what she told me her version of the story. And apparently she was like doing laundry. And it's one of those communal, like uh, laundry areas, if you will. And she went to her room because she didn't think surely like no one's going to steal my stuff. And sure enough, someone stole her stuff. And that ended up somehow at my friend's place. And that's when they were getting strung up in his dorm. But yeah, she was, uh, she, she laughed about it afterwards, but yeah, I felt bad. Cause she's like, dude, you know how much money I had to spend to go and replace all that stuff? And I was like, again, it wasn't my fault. I didn't steal anything. I didn't even help him string it up. I was just there. <laughs> but yeah, he was, she was, she was pretty pissed. Rightfully so, but she was pretty right. pissed. Right. I don't blame her. So you're talking about dorms. So I went to Texas State University there in San Marcos and, um, I wish I knew all the details, but there's an old building that was the original woman's school back when Texas State was first built. It was it was a woman's school. And uh, now they call the building Old Main. It's right on the square. Um, it's the oldest building. It's it's a historical building. And uh, now they have classes in there and whatnot. But it used to be the classrooms, the dormitory, everything. And I went on. I don't remember if it was a tour of the campus prior to me going there or after I got there. Or maybe it was a Halloween tour or something. But um, I remember there was a large group of us and we went and toured old main and they were telling us stories. And apparently there was something I'm, and I, I may get these details somewhat wrong because it's been hell, what, 15 years ago since we started freaking college or whatever. And it was my freshman Holy year. Shit, so. It's been that long. Oh, well, how long has it been? Well, it's 2023. So it's been 12 years <laughs> since we started. Jesus, college. But, um, yeah. And so I remember we were touring old main and they were talking about, I want to say it was some type of exorcism or, or, or some type of demonic possession there going on in Old Main. And um, it ended up ending with a death. Apparently, somebody had jumped off the top of Old Main. And um, if I remember I heard correctly, about that. it was the woman that was possessed and they could never get her fixed. And uh, yeah, she ended up jumping off the top of Old Main. And I was like, God, dude, I wish I knew all the details for it because that would be a perfect thing to tell right yeah. now. But Dude, for, and it's weird because as they're telling the story and as we're walking past all these rooms and they're telling us where stuff happened, like you just get these eerie feelings. And um, they they Dude, would some say, of those old, sorry, some of those old buildings around Texas State, they are pretty damn creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that old hospital. Yeah. Yes, dude. Fuck that. You can't even. You can't even go in there anymore, man. Yeah. Oh, dude. It's. Ugh. <laughs> I had so my freshman year. I had I had a roommate. He uh, he was actually a pretty cool dude. And he was he didn't even live that far from his hometown, but he got homesick and he ended up deciding to move back home and just commute. So for the longest time, I didn't have. I, I didn't have to share my room with anybody, you know, and, and my dorm was a little bit different. Like my, my dorm was more of like an apartment building. Like we had a, like a common area, like a TV couch, all that stuff. And then we had, um, a, uh, we had two sinks, mine and then the, my roommates. And then we had like, we just shared a bathroom and then we had our individual rooms. So for the longest time I had the whole like thing to myself. 
and uh and and we ended up like breaking into <laughs> we ended up breaking into the other room that wasn't being used so if i had a friend who wanted to crash over like they had you know they could just do that and so um and then one night i come home and i see some stuff that wasn't supposed to be there i was like oh that's interesting i guess i got a roommate and so this guy he ended up getting kicked out of the dorm that was actually where all the possession shit went down he ended up getting kicked out of that dorm. They put him in my dorm, which is, again, like an upgrade, I guess. Not trying to, I mean, it, it, it was an honor dorm, I guess. So, you know, I guess it was a little different. But, um, so I thought that was, that was interesting. But, uh, I remember one night my buddy Zach and I were getting ready to go fishing and we had to wake up early because I think we we're going to go fishing in Corpus or something. I can't remember. Port Aransas. So it was a good drive. I wanted to get there before sunrise. So he came over like at 3 30 in the morning. My roommate, I heard him, I was already up, so I heard him get home like maybe 15 minutes before my buddy showed up. And uh, so I hear my buddy knock on the door, so I'm going to go answer it. And then I, I, I hear and see my roommate's door just swing open. And my and so I turn around and I look at him, and he's looking at me wide-eyed like, like he just saw some stuff. Like he was just standing there looking at us. And my buddy walks in, he sees us. He's like, okay, this is weird. So he kind of like eases himself into the, into the room. And after a while, my, my, my roommate was like, oh, dude, thank God. He goes, I, apparently he and his friends like to go explore like abandoned places. So he had went to a, he and his friends had went to a, an abandoned hospital or something. I can't remember, or like an infirmary, something there in Kingsville. And uh, he's like, dude, we saw some crazy stuff, man, and heard some crazy stuff. I thought when I heard your buddy knock at the door, I thought something followed me back, man. And so after, and I was in my mind, I was like, dude, you can't be doing that shit while I'm here with you, bro. Like that, that, that ain't cool, man. But yeah, man, that that was that was odd. So apparently, he would go do that, and, and he would see some crazy stuff. He never did tell me, like in detail, the stuff that he saw or um, experienced. But I was just, I'm sure he he'd have some some interesting yeah. stories. Back in uh, 2016, we flew out to Colorado, and we stayed in Estes Park. And uh, the Stanley Hotel's there. I don't know if you guys know anything about the Stanley Hotel. So Stephen King, um, he actually got his idea for The Shining from from staying there. So that's technically where it's based from. Um, The hotel is apparently truly haunted. Um, they do ghost tours there. So since we were in the area, we're like, hey, let's do one. And we saw, I mean, physically saw some stuff go down. And we're like, what the? You know? <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, from like, you could feel it. The energy there. It was uh, from the time that you walked in, all the old paintings, the pool hall where they shot pool um it still had the cigar smell you know what i mean like the tobacco yeah. mm-hmm. it, it, it's a beautiful i love the smell it's, it's a beautiful smell not not the like cigarette smoking place but like they smoked cigars in there before yeah and you could smell it the tobacco kind of instilled itself to the walls and and the furniture and all that and you could still smell that you know i was like man this is really neat um there was a painting of the owner of the stanley hotel on the wall and the lady claimed that if you took a picture of it, you could see another face on it. And I took a picture of it. And you could. I think I still have that picture on my on my library. It's one that I don't want to get rid of. Oh, um, for sure. We went down to the basement, and um, she had a one of those dum dums lollipops. She laid it out <laughs> in her hand, 
and she's sitting there talking to these, you know, the children ghosts. And she's like, hey, move this lollipop. And I shit you not, the stick moves from this point of her palm, literally just hunches over like that and onto the next one and then back and forth. I mean, dude, like, it, it was, we're watching that. We're like, there's no trick there. There's no string. We're throwing our hands over it. And, um, I'm not trying to be wrong here, but she told us a story about um, this lady that used to work for Mr. Stanley there. And she was... She was cleaning a room, and I don't remember the story, but, like, the room blew up, and it blew her out the window. And she survived, but she was, like, partially burnt, mm-hmm. and he promised her somewhere to live and took care of her for the rest of her life. So uh, she died in that exact room, mm-hmm. and um, that room's they, – they, it's closed off permanently, but they said that uh, years back – we're talking about what, like – 30s 40s right mm-hmm. when this happened uh, she said a couple came in and stayed in that room when it was open when it was available to be uh you know rented out and um they came out and they were like no we can't do this and she's like what do you mean and apparently they were like yeah there's like all kinds of crap going on and you know it's just old timers you know what i mean yeah. so it's like her her ghost is still there it's it's really crazy man but uh dude such a big building and uh I mean, you could feel the energy. It was, it was nuts, man. I, I don't think I've ever felt anything like that before. You know, it's like real energy, not like, oh, I kind of feel something. I'm talking about like continual static energy. You're like, oh man, this feels funky. Like, feels like your hairs are always standing up in there. Not, not that you're trying to get them to do that, but, man, but they have a hell of a bar there, man. <laughs> I, mean, I mean anything you can think of whiskey wise just all over the place man and you know it's it, it was a be- it's a beautiful hotel man to this day i just it, it was crazy to be in there and you know not be afraid but you know kind of learn the history yeah. and i think uh i think that experience kind of opened my eyes to you know don't be too afraid of stuff like that just kind of like understand it you know if you understand something I mean, that's just anything in this world, right? A lot of yeah. us are, you know, when you have a fear of something, it's because you don't understand it. You don't know what it is. And yeah. you start to read into it, you get a little bit more information. You're like, ah, that's why this is like that. And, you know, it's uh, you can kind of either empathize with it or just understand it and leave it there. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, not be afraid of it. So, I don't know. It's it's nuts, man. So, you mentioned that, that, uh, that picture, right? If you take a picture of it, you see a face. Um, yep. So, going back to my buddy Brian's place. In that computer room, there was a, a painting. You remember that painting, Vic? Oh yeah, no, I won't forget that fucking painting. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a painting there. It was, it was. I mean, it was beautiful, man. It was, it was a really pretty painting. He had read somewhere that sometimes, like things, can get attached to like objects, and like things can be like portals or you know whatever. So he kind of wanted to test this. So he had a friend who had a video camera that had night vision capabilities and they brought it over and so we waited till nightfall and we went into that room and we closed the we closed like the blinds we closed the door closed everything and then we just started recording this painting and dude it was like a totally different thing it, it was just so the painting was just like a 
it was just like some, it was just like a like a landscape painting essentially. It was just trees and yeah. like a like a like Flowers, a nature type. Yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. It was a nature type of painting. I can't really remember the details. I can tell you specifically. But what I remember is that evening when we were doing that, dude. We saw like what we we saw what we thought were like little headstones in the background. We saw a building with a woman in a white dress in one of the windows. And then they could swear that they saw something like running back and forth on there. And then in the trees, man, in the trees, like what what, what should have been trees, there was like these old decrepit faces, like like almost like they were decayed, like their faces were sunken, the eyes were just black, and they had like these black stringy hair just going on. Like it was just insane. It was I'm getting chills just thinking about it. It was it was it took on like a whole like totally different persona at night and we had it all on video and so we we went there and we went back to the room uh, his room and we were reviewing it and everything and it, 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 it was like that so the next morning we we're going to show his parents because they wouldn't believe us and dude it was just it was just normal painting again it the, we couldn't see any of the shit that we saw that night so i don't it's very plausible that I guess we had expectations of, of a certain thing and, you know, our mind was just kind of catering, you know, that to us. But at the same time, we all saw the same things and that I cannot explain, but it was just very, I find it to be very, very odd, man. It's just, it was just wild. The one thing that I loved and hated about his house was at night we'd get up to go get snacks. Right. And they had yeah. these big, like, Instead of a wall, it was windows, like, from mm -hmm. the top of the roof to the floor. And it had this mirror, like, um, tent on it. So at night, with the lights off, you can't see in. But if you have the inside lights on, you can't see out. So we would go and sit down in the little kitchen area, and we turn on the lights. Or if we're just walking, you always felt like someone was watching you from the outside. It was creepy. Like, uh, I don't Dude, know. It was really <laughs> creepy, man. Oh, man. That reminds me so... There was a, so that night that he saw that, that shadow figure or whatever, that day, like during the day, that same day, but during the day, we were eating lunch in the kitchen. And so again, they had that little, like a little TV on the corner. And so we were just sitting there, he had to go use the restroom. So I'm just sitting there by myself, like just eating. And then there's like these little, I guess, um, I don't know what you would call them, but the, the you can see they had like these little cutouts in, in, in the kitchen wall. So you can see like through the hallway and the other one was like into the um, like dining foyer area or whatever. And, uh, and this was like the same room Victor was describing where it had that special tint. So we're sitting there. So I'm sitting there and I see something from the corner of my eye, like run, like a little black figure run. And I was like, what the hell? And so I went and I know my friend's still in the bathroom. So like, I'm looking like, and I start walking around like a little foyer area trying to find it. Dude, I couldn't see nothing. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Didn't, but I didn't, I thought it was just maybe my eyes playing tricks on me. So I didn't really say not say much. And then the night that all that happened, it made a lot more sense. I told them what I found it or what I saw. And it was just, it was just freaking crazy, man. But yeah. That place was, uh, his house was, it's a beautiful house, but it was just always had stuff going on. All the time. Dude, that's kind of how I felt yeah. about Steeplechase Park. Like, I always felt like something wasn't right there. And I remember one time, one night specifically, I was over at Bradley Norman's house, and um, we were looking up creepy shit. Um, and I think what started it is we had heard that if you play Stairway to Heaven backwards, 
that there's some like subliminal messages in it right and so we're in probably middle school maybe maybe freshman year in high school and uh, we're looking that up and it starts talking about how like satan had him in a tool shed and would beat him and stuff like that like if you play the song backwards you can plainly hear it that you know there's a tool shed he used to beat me and whatever else and so we were creeped out by that so then we started looking up all these other creepy things and it just snowballed into like four hours of just YouTube and random crap. And by this time, like, we're like, oh, shit, we lost track of time. And I had to go home. And so from where Brad lived to where I lived is probably like a mile walking through the streets and then through Stupid Chase Park and into the trails. And um, I, it was probably, I don't know, maybe 10, 11 o'clock at night. And Brad lived maybe two streets over from Steeplechase. And then I lived like, so you would go through uh, Steeplechase Park and then there was, a, a, I don't remember what that subdivision was called. And then the trails was the far end of it. And so you, I would had had to have gone through another subdivision and then to mine. And Brad lived like two blocks over. And so I was like, bro, I'm creeped out. Like Brad's like, I know, dude. And he's like, I'm ready to go home. So he was on his bike and I was walking and he's like, man, I'm going to walk with you. So we turned around, walked back to his house, and we went through this little drainage ditch. And as we're going through the drainage ditch, I don't remember what it was, but something scared the shit out of us. It was like a cat or a rabbit or something. And so we just took off to his house. He dropped the bike off, and then he walked with me. And this time we said, we're not walking through any ditches. We're staying on the damn road. And so we're walking on the sidewalks, and we go, and we get to Steeplechase Park, um, right where there's like the, the playground, and then there's like a covered party area. And so he walks with me to there and turns around and starts walking back, and I just sprint home. And I called him when I got home and I was like, dude, I was so fucking scared. Like, I just felt like someone was watching me the whole time. Like, I was just creeped out. And he's like, dude, how the hell did you get home? I was like, I ran. He's like, I literally just walked into my house. And I was like, dude, so I got home on the other side, like another subdivision away by the time he got home two blocks later because I was so freaking (laughs) terrified. I don't know what I was feeling. Like, I just felt like someone was watching me. And then it was worse because, like, I knew I was going home to an empty house. Like, nobody else was there. I was creeped out. So I just sprinted and I got there across a whole other subdivision by the time he got two blocks away. Freaking creepy feelings are not my thing. (laughs) Dude, I hate that feeling. That feeling like you're being watched. Dude, it's Mm -hmm. so... There was a time where I, this was like when I was a research associate, so I wasn't quite, so I hadn't started the PhD yet, but we had, uh, but I would help my buddy who was doing his PhD, so I'd go, part of my job was to go help him collect data and all that stuff. So there were two study sites that we would have. One was in, um, or near Ozona, Texas, and this was like a 5,000 acre ranch, really no one else out on the ranch at any given time. And so, but they have like a, well, some outfitters would go out there sometimes and they would have like some hunts and everything, but there'd be parts of the year where there wouldn't be, you know, any outfitters out there. So there shouldn't be anybody else on the ranch um, who wasn't supposed to be there because you have to have a, a gate coach getting and all that stuff. But anyways, there was one time we were, we were getting in and we got in late, like it was already dark and he was listening to another podcast called Last Podcast on the Left, I think it was. And they were talking about um, skinwalkers, I think. And so it was kind of creepy, man. So we were already kind of primed up, you know, when we were getting into this ranch. So we got there and we unloaded and everything. And it's an interesting feeling when you're two people on 5,000 plus acres and like nothing else, you know. And so we 
we're so we're, we decided to go outside because it was a pretty night, man, and the sky out there is beautiful. So we wanted to just go out there and hang out. So we started a little fire in the fire pit, and we we're just drinking some beers, hanging out, and uh, and it was getting kind of cool. And so our little base camp thing was like in this little valley. There were hills and stuff all around us, and there was one right across the street. So we're just there hanging out and everything, and then we can hear something like in in the brush. And we're like, what is that? So we got kind of quiet and we're just listening. And then we hear like this, I have never heard a noise like this. I don't know what it was. It may have been a mountain lion. It may have been a bobcat. I don't know. But there was like this crazy like cry slash scream coming from those hills. And we have, like I said, I've never heard an animal make a noise like that. It made the hair, it made for both of us, made the hairs on our, on our arms and our neck stand up. And we're like, yeah, now fuck this shit. So we went back to the house and we locked everything and we don't get any reception out there either. So stuff went down, man. We were, and we weren't allowed to carry guns or anything. So um, we're like, dude, stuff went down. We're, I mean, I got my knife and that's it, but I'm, I'm going down swinging, you know? So we just kind of stayed up. I couldn't go, I couldn't go to sleep that night, man. But um, so that, that whole time that we were out there, dude, I, we're, I mean, again, we're just going, you know, we're, we're doing our field stuff, collecting data, whatever, but I couldn't shake the feeling that we were being followed. Like, and it's very easy. I mean, that's, I mean, there's so much stuff out there that you can hide and, and never be seen. It's, but it was an eerie feeling. I don't think I've ever felt a feeling like that before. Uh, it was, it was not the most fun I've had on the job. I'll put it that way. It was a, it was a rough week. It was pretty shit. Nothing happened or anything, but I just could not shake that feeling, man. It was, it was, it was pretty uh, interesting to say the least. Dude, what if y'all were being stalked by a mountain lion? It's possible. Oh yeah, for sure, it's possible. Y'all seen those videos of guys like walking in the trails and stuff, and freaking turn around. There's a big ass cat there just looking at them. Y'all yeah, know what I'd, I'd be more. I think I'd be more freaked out. Uh, I got a buddy that's from Wisconsin, like northern Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tells me how these, like the, the, like how wolves move and all kinds of stuff. And man, he, there. I don't think there's an animal that probably scares me more than a wolf. Uh, and I say wolf, but I mean a pack of wolves. Like yeah. he says, the way they're so strategic about things, man. It, but you know, I'm just glad we don't have them here. Right, right. But but if I had to be afraid of any animal around here, yeah, definitely be. I think a mountain lion. I think we've been around my mountain lions. I think anytime you go hiking, I'm always under the impression that there's a mountain lion around. I just try not to, you know, think about it too much because uh, they're just sneaky as hell, man. That's what scares me about them. Yeah, they're sneaky. Yeah. You, you don't know what they're, you know, you don't know if they're. First of all, you don't know if they're around you. They could be within a ten foot radius of you. You know, you don't know what they're thinking. I mean, you're, you're in hopes that they're not hungry. Right. right. <laughs> that's all I was say. You know? that's, that's all it is. You're in hopes that they're not hungry. If they are around you, I hope they just say, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy how sneaky and quiet they are. Like in the yes. videos that I've seen of people being stalked by them, like if they didn't see them, you wouldn't even know. Like you can't even hear them. And th- I mean, yeah. their paws are freaking massive, dude. Like a damn size yeah. of a, of a, of a, a saucer. And they're walking with these big paws on leaves and sticks and everything, and you don't hear a sound. Like, and they're just dead focused on it, dude. It's freaking, mm, it's yeah. that's crazy. Like, mm-mm. a couple uh, months ago, I took a buddy of mine. We went out to the Leno River up by um, 
up by Leno. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, we're fishing that area up and down, fly fishing. And uh, he's new to fly fishing, so he's like, hey, man, I just really want to get on fish. And I was like, look, man, there's plentiful fish that you're just going to have to work and we're going to have to grind it out. And we did. And um, when we came back down from the hike up, uh, we got into this little section that had this little island on it. And um, he's fishing the outer skirt of it. I'm walking the brush down. And, man, <laughs> I, I I stumbled upon... I'm pretty sure what it was was a mountain lion track and it was too like clean. And it, I mean, as soon as I saw it, I'm just like, uh, I start pacing it back and I'm like, yo bud, we got, you know, just keep an eye out, man. Yeah. Where I think we're good where we're at, but I'm like, I seen a paw print this fucking big <laughs> the size of my head. So I'm like, Hey man, just, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I know links or bobcats tend to have, you know, pretty big paws as well. A uh, paw print as well. Um, I didn't see the nail claw on it past the ball. So I was like, it's a big cat, whatever yeah. it is. I was like, just, hey, man, just keep, you know, keep an eye. That's all. Right. And uh, it did make me feel uneasy the whole time I was there. I was like, well, I was watching where I cast it. And I'm like, looking behind me, I'm like, man, I'm not trying to get pounced on, you know? Right. Um, I think, I think if you were to interact with a mountain lion, the best thing you could do is make yourself look bigger than you are, right? But at the same time, it's like, how hungry is that cat? Um, <laughs> right. You can only make yourself look so big. <laughs> yeah. It's like, back to my friend. Yeah, exactly. So, always. Yeah. It's, it's scary, man. That those animals scare me. I mean, I, um, I've never been a cat person as it is. Yeah. You know, you see cats and you're like, Oh, whatever, you know, and they can fend for themselves and whatnot. But I mean, just when they're small and the, you know, whatever, like whatever house cat you have, just watch their actions and imagine if they were 350 pounds yep. and it's like, could you fight that off? Probably not. Right. <laughs> you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's creepy, man. I mean, what creepy would you do if you're on a bad cast and like you see a mountain lion, like trying to play with your fly? Like, you know how you have the, the sticks <laughs> with the feathers on them? Like, what if a mountain lion is trying to catch your back cast? <laughs> in, in, in that scenario, I would hope that I had a glass rod in hand. I'd shake the fuck out of it and just run. Right. <laughs> keep them busy long enough for me to get at least a quarter mile away from it. Right, dude. Uh, have y'all seen that video of that girl? She's uh, snowboarding. And she has her GoPro and she's uh, mm, she's yeah. just taking her time and she's whistling. And I don't remember what song it was. I think it was like a Dua Lipa song or something. She's just whistling, having a great time up in the mountains. And she straps her, her boots in the bindings and she get, just gets going and she's whistling and singing. And then she didn't realize until after, dude, she's being chased by a fucking grizzly bear. And you can hear it yes. in the GoPro and it's like, like snarling. And yes. she's just whistling and has no clue until she goes and looks at the video. I was like, dude, she had no clue. Would you want to know? Or like if you're about to like, if she was about to go down or would you just rather like, you know, be all happy. She like she was. And if just, if it's going to happen, just get taken out. I'd rather be like, I would much rather know after the fact, like, yeah. If if it's inevitable that that it's like so okay so say uh, I'm in that situation well, right hold on, hold on. let me rephrase like it's inevitable like you're going to get got so if you were going if you know I'm you're going to get got up. would you rather know that's happening or would you rather be like the girl and just be doing your thing and then quack nope nah I want to know uh, if I'm gonna get the first not, one if I'm gonna get got regardless I want to know I'm gonna make sure. 
I'm gonna make him earn me. God damn it! I'm gonna choke <laughs> that motherfucker out, put my arm in his throat, grab him. I don't care. I'm doing the best I can. Look, I came in this world covered in blood, kicking and screaming. I go out the same way. Uh, I've been blown up in Iraq. They didn't get me there. They ain't getting me here. Bro, I ain't doing this shit, bro. Fuck that. I like that. I like bro, that. I'm fucking that bear up. The bear should be scared of me. God damn it! I'm here. Fuck around. I think I'd rather see it not coming um in that scenario because she was on a snowboard like imagine trying to strap your boots off just to get up and try to fight this thing off man you know you're talking about a 1200 pound grizzly um because there was snow on the ground so it's yeah. like you know that sucker's been fattening up yeah it's like that's yeah. a big animal man like i mean there is no chance i'd rather not see it coming but if it was like any other kind of bear definitely i want a fighting chance and um i mean there's people that have fought them off but did you see that video of that guy that had like his ear, from, like, <laughs> ear down, mm-hmm. just fling you off? And he's like, I just fought a grizzly bear. It's like, what the fuck? This guy's talking like he's on a UFC commentary. Right. Like, I just fought Brock Lesnar. <laughs> you fought a fucking animal, man. Like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah, no. I, I feel like if I'm going to get got regardless, like, I would want to see it coming just because I don't like being caught off guard. Um, but sure. after sure. the fact, you know, hindsight, if I see I almost got got, oh, for sure, I, I'm, I would be glad that I didn't get got uh, and I found it later. Because could you imagine, like, just seeing it and be like, oh, shit, like, you're going to panic and you're not going to freaking get away. Like, there's no way that you're going to stay calm and composed and get away from the animal. And if you don't know, you're just kind of, you know, cruising down the mountain. So, but if I'm going to get got regardless, I want to see that shit coming. Yeah, for sure. There's a video out there, too, of a, of a guy on a mountain bike. And he's on oh, a trail. Yeah, I've seen that one. Similar, similar yeah. to that one. And that guy books it, man. And luckily he was able to stay in front of the bear the whole time, man. I mean, lucky for him. Yeah. As soon as he saw it, you can see him pick up that speed and he's like, Nope. Good thing he was going downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because grizzlies are fast, dude. They can get up to like 30, 35 miles an hour. There's no way in hell you're gonna outrun that thing. I heard that's fine. I just gotta outrun you. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. I don't think any of us are 40 miles an hour, yeah, so no. matter. <laughs> no. Dude, that, no, no. that is one thing, though, that I don't remember what podcast I was listening to. It may have been Meat Eater, um, but they were talking about how grizzly bears don't climb trees. Um, so Bullshit. Well, no. So, so grizzly black bears, bears will. Yeah, black bears will. Yeah, grizzly bears, bears will. are typically too big, and they don't climb trees when they get older. Yep. Um, yep. And then they were talking about the differences between the Kodiak bears and the grizzly bears. They're all like the same species, but it depends on where they're at. So grizzly bears are actually in Colorado and stuff like that. But um, inland. And what? Yeah, they're more inland. And so it also depends on their diet, on what classifies them on, if they're eating, you know, oceanic fish or if they're, you know, foraging and stuff like that. And typically the grizzlies are foragers and they don't climb trees. So that's something to know if you're ever, you know, come across a grizzly bear, if you're in Colorado or something like that, uh, and there ain't no way you're going to run away, uh, they don't climb very well. So just keep that in mind because they're big enough to where, you know, they're not going to be able to get up there because the damn tree's going to break. So uh, we're also not liable for any injuries you may sustain. (laughs) <laughs> right. yeah this, this is a, a personal these guys. <laughs> some yeah. personal recommendation yeah. but uh i am definitely not no uh, a biologist or a survivalist by any means <laughs> oh, I heard, uh, i'm fighting the bear i i heard a story from uh, a guide out in oklahoma um we went out with her she put i mean she put me on a really i mean the biggest trout i ever caught in my life on the fly rod um and she was, you know, we invited her over for steaks that night. I grilled out some steaks and 
she's uh you know i was curious i was like hey what have you seen in life you know her name's julie and i'm like hey julie like i want to know like what what have you seen you know i'm just curious you know and she's like i guided in alaska for a while and she's like one of the craziest things i ever saw was a growler bear and i'm sitting there like uh, uh, what yeah yeah she said they got to a point to where they're like kind of you know meeting up and mm-hmm. and she's like dude it, it it's a killing machine and it was aggression i mean use your imagination she yeah. said yeah that that thing is uh you're not surviving that ever <laughs> that's freaking crazy and uh i looked it up man i was just curious i got on google like roller bear and dude they do not they yeah it's a hybrid animal man dude yeah it's a scary looking like i mean polar bears alone i mean we don't have to deal with that down here in the south right but um what I've always been told is if you meet up with a polar bear, you're not going to survive. But imagine a grizzly and a polar bear. Right, right. Yeah, and, and it's becoming no more bear. and more common that, that the polar bears yeah. are traveling more south and the grizzly bears are right. traveling more north. And, uh, yeah, they're, it's becoming more common that there's hybrids out there. So it's freaking yes. – it's nuts, man. So you're talking yes. about biggest trout you've caught. So I guess it's a good time to transition into fly fishing. So I heard you have a trip to Colombia coming up. I do February, February 9th through the seventeenth. Damn it, Bobby! So, uh, how how'd that come about? So uh, we did. Uh, I fished the eighteen anglers uh, tournament recently, which was this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a buddy of mine that was uh, ex-military, and another buddy of mine that was ex-military. He's a guide down in uh, in the Corpus area. Uh, I live to fish. Shout out to him, uh, Marcus Harrelson. Great guy, man. Really cool dude, uh, ex-military, really easy to get along with. Um, I took my wife on a guided trip with him, and honestly, they talked more than I did. You know, uh, <laughs> I was they, they got along better than I did, but I, I liked them because I was like, that was cool. Because when I walked away from that trip, my wife was like, so Marcus said I should do this and this and that. And I was like, yeah, yeah you should listen to him. I mean, he's been doing this for a long time. And she's like, so next time, so as soon as she said that next time, I was like, she got the bug, you know, that's, that was my thought initially. She kind of lost it cause we haven't fished together in a while, but, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he, um, he offered to take us out in a skiff for this, for this tournament. I have a GNU, um, and I had just got it all legalized and ready to go. And I took, I actually drove it down to a uh, Port O'Connor where we stayed and my plan was to fish it. But, uh, when he offered, I'm like, well, three people fit better on a Ancona skiff versus a GNU. So, um, we fished that out had a blast man i mean all the whole time that we fished it was amazing um tournament time finished everyone got scored up you know we we got we placed sixth and uh casillo silva which he's a uh guide for all waters uh here in the central texas area does a little bit of south texas fishing as well he had put up a post recently and he was looking for anglers to go down to columbia fish and uh he's like dm for inquiries and i was like you know what doesn't hurt to ask and i go hey man so like what do you have going on and um you know he put it out there and i was like dude i i can't actually do this trip like it's it works out just the way it worked out was perfect so um i've been wanting to get on peacock bass for quite some time mm-hmm. um i've been you know kind of hounding people about it I'm like hey let's go catch peacock bass in florida let's go catch peacock bass in florida and you know stuff happens like stuff happens with me stuff happens with everyone else so um it has it's been a no-go for the past year and a half 
So uh, when he kind of broke down the details and, you know, talked to me about the pricing and whatnot, I was like, dude, a part of me was like, you know what? Save your money. But then I was like, I'm going to do this one time, one time in my life, you know? Um, And I may never go to Columbia again, but I'm like, I I got a buddy that, that his dad's from there and he talks to me about how beautiful it is. And I said, you know what? I know it's short notice, but a lot of my short notice trips have always been a lot more successful than my planned out trips that I put, you know, just sometimes years in advance uh, of just preparing. So I said, fuck it, man, let's do it. And uh, I thought about it for about a day and I talked to my wife about it and I was like, hey, what do you think? And at first she kind of was like, yeah, sure, do it. But it was kind of cold and I was like, what's going on? Like, is there something up? I mean, like. Or am I supposed to feel like an asshole if I go? And she's like, no, no, no. It's 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 your birthday month. February first is my birthday. So I see. She's like, it's your birthday month. Um, if you want it, I, I know you love doing this. If you want to do it, I will not be upset. I won't hold it against you. Go do it. So I said, the hell with it, man. Let's set it up. So I put my deposit down and I put my name down. I'm I'm, I'm planning for it now. Dude, that's freaking hell awesome. Yeah, so, Forgot to have you yeah, on. Yeah, right. What's your trip? target? Dude, it's going to be solid, man. Um, we're flying into Bogota, which, I mean, we only hear about in, like, the show Nauticals and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, we're flying into Bogota. We're staying the night in Bogota that first night. It's going to be a red-eye flight. Um, you land, you stay at a hotel, and then the next morning from that hotel, you take a small charter plane over to Via Vincio. And uh, from Via Vincio, they pick you up in older land cruisers that are like trailering this big John boats, aluminum boats and uh, fiberglass boats down to the fish camp. And uh, you're staying on, I mean, you're literally staying on the river, man. I mean, the, the pictures I was looking at, the tents are maybe 60 yards from the river. Oh, wow. So even if you wanted to go out there and fish, you know, early morning, you can. And then um, the group of guys that are going, I'm guessing there's an even amount. Um, there's two guys per boat. So there's guides taking you out and putting you on payara, um, peacock bass, uh, red tail catfish, paku. So I got to start prepping, man. Um, I'm going to start hitting that vice again. Start right. tying up flies for Colombia. Yeah. I'm Dude, excited, those, man. Uh, those payara are freaking crazy, man. I can't imagine getting oh, one of those on the fly. So freaking easy. Honestly, man, um, what I'm looking forward to the most is Paku, mm-hmm. Peacock Bass, and Payara. As long as I can get those three fish on, I don't care about anything else. The red tail catfish, I mean, when it comes to catfish, I'm not like, on the fly rod, I don't really care for that. Yeah. The Payara, I mean, I'm I'm trying to live that that Jeremy Wade experience, you know right. what I mean? Um, I watched him do it, catch his Payara, and I'm like, dude... The canines on those guys, man, just on the bottom jaw. Is right. like, I just want that picture up close in your face. Like, hey, here, you know. So um, I'm excited, man. I mean, that's all I'm thinking about right now. It, it's on my mind 24-7 since I said yes. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed that I can make that happen because I, I can tell you that um, – I didn't think I'd ever be able to make this trip happen. I, I always thought about like fishing Puerto Rico. We talked to Javier, uh, which is uh, Jose's roommate, mm-hmm. about getting down to like Honduras, Puerto Rico, and whatnot. Um, 
But dude, honestly, man, it just I, I can't think of anything else right now. Right, it, it's nuts, man. I'm 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 stoked. I'm stoked. We were talking about going to Costa Rica last year, but that fell through. Yeah, yeah, that would have been fun. But dude, that's freaking exciting, man. You got to tell us all about it. Maybe you can hop on an episode when you get back and uh, tell us about yes. it. Yes, I can't wait to see. I'd be more than happy. So we have practice uh, of the week that we're starting to post on our socials and stuff. I can almost guarantee that you're going to be on one, if not a few of those. <laughs> Dude, I, I'm I'm here, man. And honestly, um, I mean, I, I hope I hope it's the first trip of many. Yeah. Um, I have skipped out a bit. I've been doing, you know, a little bit of uh, trying to kind of shred up a little bit and take care of myself health wise. Uh, I've missed out on a lot of fly fishing as of, uh, what the past year, year and a half, but I'm trying to find the balance. You know, I had to make a a career change recently. It was the smartest move, I think, but, um, I've never been happier. I I can honestly say that. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. My last job was awesome. I made great money doing it, but man, dude, it, it drained me. It drained me to the point to where I had no time for anything. I mean, I didn't have time for Muay Thai, which is one of my, you know, I, I love doing Muay Thai. Don't get me wrong. Um, that and fly fishing, it really reduced my time on the water and on the map. Yeah. And if you're going to take away both, it's not worth it to me, man. I don't care how much money it is. Right. It's not worth it if you can't spend it, you know? Yeah. So that's how I see it. It's, you know, I, I don't live for work. I live for life. And, uh, you know, exactly. if, I, if I have a job that can, uh, you know, afford me to do the things that I want to do great, but if it's going to take away from it, I don't care how much money it is. Like I don't live for this company. Cause you know, the second that you die, that company ain't going to be all there at your funeral. Your family is going to be there. All the, all the people that you've taken time away from for that job are going to be there. They're just going to find somebody else to replace. Agree. So that job, I mean, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, dedicated to my job and and i'm i do well at my job but it's it's just kind of one of those things where it's like if it's going to take away from life like i believe bigger in quality of life than than you know quantity of money in the bank account so i definitely yes. feel that i agree um i'm on the same boat man and you know um i, th- I believe in things happening for a reason mm-hmm. and um i couldn't have made a better move i don't think uh there's times where i do miss my old job though like you know i I love doing that because I knew it, but, uh, at the same time, the people that I had around me at that job, um, it was a bit stressful, man. I was becoming somebody else. I was always upset and it's just like, that's not me, man. I shouldn't be pissed off all the time. I should be happy. I should be, uh, I should be looking forward to what I'm going to do next. And that job kind of it put blindfolds on me. Like it was was like blinders on me, like a horse, you know, it was like, just look forward. It's like, no, man there's all this stuff I want to do that I'm missing out on. And it's because of this job. So I took those blinders off, man. I said the hell of it. Um, I think it was a life lesson. I, I think in some weird way, God was like, Hey man, I'm going to give you what you've been asking for, but it's going to come at a price. And you're going to see. And I lasted a year there at that job. And, you know, I, I try to work with them, but you know, it is what it is. Everyone sees things differently. And, uh, it's funny. The owner of that company, is actually a fly angler. Really? So, yeah. So we got in conversations about stuff like that. So when I came back with, um, when I went to Colorado with Danny and Kyle, uh, I came back and I had stories to tell and we sat down and we talked about it. And I, I thought with that conversation, I'm like, man, you know what? 
this guy's going to empathize with me every time I say, hey, I want to go fishing, man. I want to take some time off. I want to do this and that. It just didn't work that way. Um, yeah. I guess to each their own, man. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So. Some people all care about the bottom line. And, uh, you know, they want you to be a machine. You know, like that song, Another Brick in the Wall by Pink Floyd. And, you know, it's all right. get caught in the exactly. preoccupation of life and getting things done. It's like, man, it's not the way that I want to yeah. live my, my life. But, yeah, I'm, I'm that, glad man. you're able to see past it and get out of it. And uh, you know, hopefully it leads to bigger and better things for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but man, we, we appreciate you hopping on and, and thank you for coming on again, Vic. You know, we always like having you and, and, uh, you know, this is Marco's second appearance and I'm sure there's going to be more to that. So, uh, we appreciate the scary stories and, uh, we hope the listeners enjoyed listening and thank you all for listening to the end. Um, you know, our website's active at, uh, mywildlifeoutdoors.com. Follow us on our socials. Feel free to reach out if you have any questions. If you have spooky stories, uh, feel free to share them with us and, uh, I'll I'll put all the links in the description of of everything that we've talked about and other people that we've mentioned. So, is there anything else anybody wants to cover before we go ahead and end this one? I do have one question. You said you're coming out which Friday? So this, this episode that we're recording now will be coming out. Uh, we release them on Mondays, and so it should be coming out. What's today? Today's the 18th. I should have it out on the 23rd. But you're but but you're driving down here. Oh just, yeah, I'm driving down there uh, in two days, so I'll be there on the twenty first. You're gonna be down here this weekend. Yes. Uh, oh, y'all are coming down for the Ironfly. Yeah, deal, we're right? coming down for Ironfly. Yeah. Okay, and that's uh, this Saturday coming up. Yes, it's Saturday. Saturday too. Yeah, this episode will be out after that. So if you're listening, it's already passed. But yes, it's twenty uh, first at two. Um, I believe me and Jose are going and hitting up Brushy Saturday morning, try to get on some Rios. So it, I, see, I think I, I, I think you mean you, Jose, and myself. I was about to say I was like, so if you ain't Let's doing go, nothing, <laughs> come on. Let's roll, man. I, I'm off. Oh, so, sweet. Well, yeah, man. Let's do it. I think we're going to be staying in Kyle's, so uh, we could stop and pick you up on our way up. Oh, you ain't gonna do that. Or you whatever you want to do, man. How far is the closest reach of the Lano from Kyle? Um, tell you what, y'all want to go to the Lano? Yes and well, no. It depends on distance from New Braunfels as well, because we got to make it to the it's, event. It's um, yeah. if you from from my house, it's about the same distance to Brush Creek as it is. Okay. To Lano. Yeah, it's about an hour and like fifteen minutes. Hmm. And there's reels at the line, right? Um, I got there is, are, are, They're not they're not as big as what you're gonna find at Brushy. So if you're really chasing Rio, um, I'd say let's stick to Brushy. If not, if you're if you're chasing a variety of fish, I mean, I've seen more gar, uh, spotted gar on, on the Leno along with the Guadalupe bass. So I'll leave it up to you guys. I am down to fish whichever river because uh, or whichever section of water because uh. Brushy, I haven't really put too much time on, and uh, the Lano, same deal, man. I've fished it yeah. as many times as I've fished Brushy. So. And the stretch of the Lano that I have fished is closer to, like, Junction, like the South Lano State Park area. And, they, you, I mean, there are cyclists there. I catch them all the time. Um, yeah. That, that place is fun, but it's much further drive. Brushy, I haven't fished in years, but I know that there are, yeah. there are rios there for sure. Dude, yeah. let's do, that, let, let's fish Brushy, man. I haven't been there in years either, so I say let's stick with that, and then um, maybe next time we do the Leno. Yeah, 
for sure. I'd like to do a, a float you know camp trip on the Lano, maybe a catch and cook or something. Dude, let's do it. You know, I got you on the cooking part, man. Right. And then I'll, I'll film it. It'll give us good content, too. <laughs> let's do it. But yes, sir. And hell, like we'll we'll let you that know. One. And, and uh, maybe, maybe we could do a little turn, tournament and fly against conventional and see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want me to clap that ass, I would. Hey, come on, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll, no, we'll have to plan that trip for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love Atlanta, man. That river is one of my favorites. It is, man. It's 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 a really good river, and then with that little bit of water we got recently, it should be flowing pretty nicely. So, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, can't wait to make it happen. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you know. I should be coming in Friday. Um, I'm gonna try to come in a little earlier than I normally do, but I, I'm gonna go see my family there in San Marcos first. So Saturday morning, hopefully, we'll get up early, head up to Brushy, and uh, I do want to try to meet up with my buddy Daryl. Um, he made the he's rigged up these uh, uh, hole guards for my kayak, and so I need to pick those up from him. Maybe we could all meet up at like I don't know what Hat Creek Burger Company popped in my head the other day, and there's one in Round Rock, so. Maybe we could all meet up at Hat Creek for lunch or something after fishing. But um, yeah, so, cool. so we'll uh, we'll do that and uh, we'll get it nailed down and hopefully I'll see you this weekend. Cool, man. I'll see you then. All righty. Yeah, man. I guess I'm going to roll in town Thursday or Friday. Not sure yet. So I'll catch up with you fellas uh, whenever. Shimon, brother. You got all my right. number. Well, y'all take care. We'll catch you all next time. Take I'll be in the team that weekend. weekend. <laughs> do what, man? Do what? Right, Come on, Vic. I said, hey, I'll come to fly, Take the kids. Nah, take the fans. A kid, no, we're having our our fucking um, Halloween party. Is oh shit, that's that right. That's right. Wait, you're gonna so be in town? We'll be there at the ranch. Yeah, but it'll just be for the day for Saturday, Saturday oh, night. Okay, and driving back that night. Well, but, shit. We maybe we can at least meet up and say what's up. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, y'all have plans before me, so don't try to fit it in the well, other times. We'll, you know what I mean? We'll see what we can figure out. Always welcome. Yeah, too easy. Right, right. But, well, that'll work. <laughs> we'll catch y'all next time. Thank y'all for hopping on. Yes, sir. Later, guys. Yeah. Later, fellas. This has been Wildlife Outdoors. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook at Wildlife Outdoors and on Instagram at wild.life dot outdoors let's go live life on the wild side